What's up, family? You are tuned into Law and Disorder, a podcast where we expose the cracks in our system, agitate for resistance, and collectively build a new world in which all of us can thrive. From KPFA Radio and the Pacifica Network, I'm your host, Kat Brooks. We are now going to turn our attention national. Um, The murder of George Floyd by Derek Chauvin in Minneapolis, Minnesota in 2020 ignited a wave of uprisings around the globe. Chauvin's trial was an international focal point in Minneapolis, made several bold attempts at reimagining the way they do public safety, like a ballot measure that would have replaced their police department with the Department of Public Safety. That measure failed, but 43% of the electorate voted in favor of it, showing that many in Minneapolis are clear that something needs to change. Perhaps another clear indicator of that is the election of Mary Moriarty as the incoming Hennepin County attorney, which we would call a district attorney here in California. Moriarty was a public defender as well as a journalist and a regular on Upfront as we covered the trial of Derek Chauvin. She joins us this morning. Good morning, Mary. Good morning, and thank you for having me back. I'm excited to have you back. We couldn't have you back for a minute because the race was happening and all that FCC stuff. So um, I'm glad that's over and that you've won and we can yes. chat with you again. Mary, so like I just mentioned, right, I, I, I knew you as a, a commentator, a progressive really commentator as we walked through the the trial of Derek Chauvin. You you served as a as a public defender. You've got pretty outspoken beliefs and, and, and stances on um, injustices inside of the criminal legal system. Why district attorney? Well, that's what I'm going to call it for my listeners, right? County attorney, district attorney. Yeah. And why now? Why now in Minneapolis for you to step into that role, right? The other side of the – playing for the, 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 other, the other team, some might say. Yeah, and I think that's a great question, and it's certainly one I got asked throughout the campaign. As a public defender, I had a really broad perspective on what was happening in the system and what prosecutors were doing, how they were treating both my clients and victims. Um, and And – because I represented so many people and did their social histories, I often noticed that my clients had suffered all kinds of trauma and victimization. And I often thought if we had just intervened early on in this young person's life, they perhaps would not be sitting next to me. And the role of a public defender is to represent one client at a time. Um, The role of a prosecutor is very different. The role of the prosecutor is to do the right thing in each and every case. Um, for the people of Hennepin County. Um, as you know, you've mentioned, I did commentary on the George Floyd trial. I watched what happened here in Minneapolis. And, and as you and your listeners probably know, um, what happened after George Floyd became the largest civil rights protest in the history of the country. And after 31 years in, in public defense, I saw for the first time an opportunity here in the Twin Cities for a racial reckoning and a reckoning with the harm that the criminal legal system had done. And then I saw that slipping away. Um, and I think that that happened in many areas where there was a rise in carjackings and things like that. And then we started hearing a lot of fear, a lot of rhetoric about how we needed to get more tough on crime, even though we know that hasn't kept us safer. And so I thought with my experience, my passion, um, and this was just the way I could give back to the community. And so that's why I decided to run. I'm interested, Mary, in hearing you talk about the political climate now in in Minneapolis. I mean, yes, so we have the George Floyd uprisings. But then when we were in the middle of the trial of Derek Chauvin, right, we saw the murder of Dante Wright, just one, 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 one county over. 
What does resistance on the streets look like? What does your work with community look like moving forward? What is the general tone and tenor around pushing for criminal legal reform inside of Hennepin mm-hmm. County, Minneapolis, for my listeners? Yes, uh, the the shooting of Dante Wright happened in this county. It was just one city over. And city, I would describe, yeah, I would describe uh, the city of Minneapolis and other cities, uh, the people here, the community is being traumatized. Um, because even though uh, the police officers who killed uh, both George Floyd and Dante Wright were convicted and sent to prison, people here haven't seen a lot of change in the systems. Um, There hasn't been that accountability uh, that the systems have hurt people. There hasn't been a lot of change, and so people here see that. And when I started running for this office, I was having a lot of conversations with people throughout the county. I was meeting with community members. I was meeting with everybody, uh, anybody who wanted to meet with me. And I was saying, what do you need or what do you want from the next county attorney? And so many people across the county said, I, you know, we need something. We need to change police accountability. We need something to change the system. I don't know what it looks like, but I know we need it. And so that's where I was able to talk in in details about what I thought we could do and why I'm the person to do it. And that really resonated. So I worry here, I, I think, you know, like many communities, there could be another incident that will, will make things uh, bad again. And because people just haven't seen the change that they need to see to feel as though the system is responding and holding people accountable the way it should. And I'm hoping to change that. We'll share some of those details with our listeners, uh, Mary. What what can change mm-hmm. look like? What do you, what changes do you plan on implementing um, now that that you're in the seat? Yes, so I think we're failing our youth miserably, um, and we have. I mean, this this is true all over the country. Youth have really struggled, as everybody has, but particularly the youth with the pandemic. Um, problems going to school or attending because they don't have uh, uh, computers and hotspots, you know, and, and just stuff like that. And so our youth are really struggling with trauma and we're not addressing that well. Uh, and so I was having conversations even this morning uh, with someone about how we need to build out those programs in the community that will help our youth Uh, get the services that they need. Otherwise, they will keep cycling throughout the system until they end up in prison. Um, And that just isn't working for them. Um, And so we need to start looking at all of the youth in our community as though they were our own children. So that's one thing. Um, I'm also uh, a big believer in accountability, and that has to be for police as well. And I think that's where... uh, We've really seen something lacking there. Now, we've seen prosecutions, successful prosecutions for these cases uh, like George Floyd and Dante Wright. But what you see when you watch video, and I have watched a lot of video, is continued uh, disrespectful interactions with members of the community, particularly black and brown members of the community. And what I am going to do is flag that kind of video. I'm going to work with uh, police chiefs from all... We have about, probably, I don't know, 37 police chiefs, something like that, throughout the county. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, it's much more than Minneapolis. But working with the police chiefs and saying, hey, 
here's a video of an interaction that was not what I think you want of your officer. Now, um, that's a, a minor example. If we also see a video where somebody, an officer is engaging in abusive behavior, um, you know, we don't have to call that officer as a witness in a trial. Uh, or any kind of proceeding, if we see that an officer has lied under oath and been found by a judge to have lied, we won't call that officer. And we've seen that happening here over and over and over. And if a, if an officer is assaulting somebody, I mean, we've certainly seen prosecutions for uh, cases that resulted in death, but we haven't seen much accountability for just abusive and unlawful behavior that anyone else in the community, if they did, would be prosecuted. So I think that's those are all important steps. I also believe that county attorneys, and I know this, make many subjective decisions, and we all have unconscious bias, and I would guess that those, uncon- or those subjective decisions result in racial disparities, and so I want to keep data that takes a look at that um, to make sure that we are not making those worse, and we are also uh, working with police officers and schools um, about making sure that uh, those racial disparities aren't starting with that contact with the schools and police. So those are just some of the things that I'm looking forward to doing. Well, Mary Moriarty, you know that I'm an abolitionist, so it's hard for me to say I'm excited about a DA, but I, I look forward to seeing <laughs> um, your work in that seat. And I really do appreciate you coming on the show to chat with us. We hope to have you back on regularly and often. Congratulations on your win. Thank you so much. You've been listening to Law and Disorder, a podcast where we expose the cracks in our system, agitate for resistance, and collectively build a new world in which all of us can thrive. That's it for this episode, family. You can find more information about topics and guests in this episode's show notes. Law and Disorder is produced at KPFA. That's listener-supported radio on the Pacifica Network. The show is produced by Jesse Strauss and hosted by me, Kat Brooks. Our theme music was composed by Steve Rask and the Fort Knox Five. If you like what you heard, please follow us on social media at Law and Dis, that's D-I-S, and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Feel free to holler at us about something you heard or send us a show idea at lawanddisorder at kpfa.org. You can also find our content live at 8 a.m. weekdays on KPFA, that's 94.1 FM in the Bay Area. Our show and all of KPFA's programs are funded exclusively by you, the listener. And if you're in a position to support us, please donate today at kpfa.org. Take care of yourself and take care of each other. We all we got, fam. Law and Disorder.